0: On this episode of Getting Scaried Away, we welcome our first remote guest to the show, Adam Yellen. Adam picked out just a few of his favorite films to discuss with us today. We also talk about what got him out of the horror genre, what pulled him back in, and what we can't wait to see in the future.
1: i'm doing great rainy day how are you
0: yeah i'm hanging in um i was worried that we weren't going to be able to record today because uh the whole world's on fire outside and by on fire i mean it is very wet um so i was hoping that the power wouldn't go out luckily we're good now fingers crossed that it stays that way
1: Mm -hmm. yeah absolutely and we have a super special uh fun episode today well as as fun as dark horror can be.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a whole new meaning to the word fun. We're very excited. We have a very special guest with us here today. So you know him around town as an actor, writer, director, and administrative associate at the Jewish Repertory Theater in Buffalo. Please welcome Adam Yellen. Hello. Hi, guys.
2: Thank you so, so much for having me. Um... I'm I'm really pumped to talk to you guys today.
0: That's awesome, and we appreciate you being here. And you and I have had many opportunities in the past to just talk about film, uh, horror being one of those genres. It's super exciting to uh, have you here to learn about your favorite horror films and dig into some of these because, boy golly, there's a lot to talk about. <laughs> you, yeah. You sent us some real bangers. I did, you know, I tried to
2: I really tried to pick a, a a list of um some stuff that I think are underappreciated and just I haven't heard be talked about a lot. So thank you
0: for indulging me in, in all of my in all of my choices. For sure. We um admittedly there are I think two
1: yeah, two two that we haven't seen, okay. actually. Um, they're going to be on our list because we did do a little bit of research on them. Oh, cool. But we we have not seen the full movie yet. So
0: Adam graciously sent us a list of just some of his favorite films in the genre, all varying different eras, different styles. I mean, there's a lot to chew on here. So I'm going to run out, run down through all the films Adam sent me here. So number one... John Carpenter's The Thing, followed by Texas Chainsaw Massacre. The original. The OG, followed by Climax, followed by The Witch and Videodrome, as well as Don't Look Now. I gotta say, I, I don't know why I'm surprised, but I was kind of surprised to see that The Lighthouse wasn't on your list.
2: Yeah, you know, I um, I went back and forth with that between The Witch and The Lighthouse for Eggers, because I wanted to talk about him, because I think he is one of the strongest voices in horror right now and is going to continue to have a really interesting career. Um, in terms of just talking about horror movies, I feel like The Witch is kind of a truer horror film than The Lighthouse. I think The Lighthouse kind of is its own thing. I don't even know if I would really describe it as a horror movie. I think it's a movie that uses a lot of horror elements, but it's kind of its own thing. But in terms of, you know, actual horror, I thought The Witch was the choice. And I actually just I saw that after The uh, the Lighthouse. So that's kind of been more on my mind. Um, oh,
0: interesting. The, past, the interesting. past few
2: months. Yeah, that kind of slipped through. It kind of slipped through the cracks for me. Um, and I just didn't find a time where I was in the mood to watch it And with all this time that we've had I yes. finally checked that all off I went on a bit of a... Uh... A24 spree and trying to, to watch all of those movies that I hadn't seen and that was on the list. But yeah, I really I really loved it and, and thought that would be a fun one for us to to, to talk about.
1: Yeah, it's definitely, I, I agree that it's one that you have to be in the mood to watch. And I think you have to be in the right mood to enjoy it when you watch it too.
0: I'll tell you, I think today is probably a perfect day to watch a movie like The Witch, just because, as I mentioned earlier in the episode, it is very crappy outside it's rainy it's dark and if you want just a dark sort of bleak movie experience the witch is a good go-to
1: sure that yeah, is a why don't dark we, movie why don't we start with that i mean i hate to go out of order but sure. since we're already a little bit into it yeah it, visually and just like the whole tone of the movie is quite dark so
2: yeah you know i think that uh I- the best way to kind of describe it to people is kind of if the crucible happened to be real, yeah. Um, yeah if big all time. of the stuff in the crucible, if all that witch stuff was actually true, I think this kind of kicks off the doesn't kick off, but it's firmly in this kind of wave of of new indie horror that uh, we have gotten in the past kind of five or six years that has. Kind of sparked, resparked my interest in horror, which has been kind of mm-hmm. waning over the years. Um, so the stuff that A twenty four has been doing, as well as a bunch of other just uh, really great filmmakers, have been coming out with with awesome films. And I think Robert Eggers is ahead of the pack. Um, it's just he's just so impressive in what he does in this film that they really they use all of the old language that they used in Old Salem, which is just a feat in itself. Uh, it's it just totally immersive
0: i think you would benefit most from watching this movie once and then watching it again with subtitles just so you can get a good grasp yes just i mean just a better idea of what they're saying because when you hear it at at, you know at first watch it's like i I, kind of understand what what this turn of phrase is what it means but it's, it's just such a, like, it's old. almost like it's, 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 it's very, very old. old English.
1: Right. It's almost even a foreign language just because there are so many progressions from back then. So it's, it's just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's just a very different understanding, which, again, is why you have to be in the mood to watch and focus and enjoy a movie like this.
2: Yes, yes, absolutely. But I think he commits to it so well that, you know, you just kind of have to stick through about 20, 30 minutes and you really can get on its wavelength. And I think that's one of the really fun parts about the movie is kind of adapting yourself to the language and understanding more and more and more and putting those pieces uh, Mm -hmm. together. But, you know, it's just... uh, Uh, One of a lot of examples of how I think in horror, um, less is more can, can really work. It's really simple. I think it was shot in a few weeks. Um, it's, it's mostly one location the whole time, but it's just great filmmaking where they know how to um, really use the characters as the focus. Instead of monsters or horror movie tropes, they really just focus in on the family that slowly kind of goes mad together, which is also, which is kind of a favorite trope of mine, which we'll discuss kind of more. And it, it kind of ties into climax, just this idea of, you know, people being stuck together and collectively losing their minds and their faith in one another. And in this film, God as well. And what happens with that? So, um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's beautiful in it's simplicity and very complex in it's simplicity as well. And um, it's just completely it's, it's own thing, which I I really appreciate and is really hard with horror, you know, in terms of, you know, my kind of um, my journey with horror is that I, I was obsessed with it as a child um
0: yeah how did you get into horror
2: um it started i i guess i i I was always kind of obsessed with scaring myself as a child for whatever reason that 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 feeling that thrill that came along with that and you know I, i i grew up an only child so i was around kind of adults a lot so um i was privy to a lot of adult conversations and i came from a family of movie buffs my grandparents went to the movies like every other day my mom loved horror movies so um I had a base kind of 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 great horror kind of growing up even if i couldn't watch the movies i have such clear memories of my family talking about movies like the silence of the lambs and, oh, and, yeah. mm, and sure. movies like that you know that just immediately sparked my interest and then i grew up with my grandfather you know reading edgar Allan poe to me at night you know before i went to bed uh, and just the whole that's dope. um i love that yeah and the whole you know scary stories to tell in the dark those books i was obsessed
0: with me too um, that was my jam
2: yeah so i i, I kind of just had that from the beginning, uh, but it's interesting, I think once I kind of got into the movies um, when I was around 14 or 15, you know, I wasn't really super into the whole kind of 90s horror scene that was going on. You know, I, I never really connected to movie, like the screams and mm-hmm. what did you do last summer and, and final destination. Those were those were kind of never yeah. my jam. So I, I kind of put ho- horror on the back burner until I kind of started to dig kind of uh, deeper into to earlier horror movies from the 70s and 80s. Uh, I mean, I think that's when I really got an appreciation for um, horror yeah. on film. And then, as I said before, kind of this boom of indie horror that we've had this past decade that's kind of re-gotten me into it. So it's kind of an up-and-down journey. It's always been there, but I think it took me a little bit later in life to really appreciate horror um, on film as a whole. Sure. So, yeah,
0: that's that's a fantastic background into what got you into it, what got you out of it and what's starting to get you back into it again. It's interesting that you brought up the 90s because our I don't know what order these are going to be released in, but we've done an episode recently, strictly basically the the 90s horror cycle. Mm. Um, You know, I know what you did last summer, Scream, Urban Legend, all of those. And comparing it to the horror from, like you said, 70s, early 80s and some of you know, the more indie stuff that we get now. The nineties, not to poo poo it, but I mean in comparison, it just seems so much more commercial than Yeah. And it just seems more mass appeal type. It
1: was yeah, it was maybe a little less horrifying and a little more entertaining. And I think that that's quite a bit of what the '90s was, anyways. Just all <laughs> all about entertainment. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> I think it feels like some point, and not to to hate on all of the '90s. There's some wonderful. Oh, there's sure. some bangers sure. sure. for sure. We love that 90s. came out of the '90s, and and uh, you know, no hate on the people that love those movies. But it seems at a certain point in the '80s, this whole kind of auteur horror filmmakers that we had, um, like John Carpenter and people like that kind of fell by the wayside and kind of came into the hands of studios and studio executives and became less interesting and and probably a lot more formulaic. Um, you know, and then, um, it's been really nice to see kind of studios give those type of people a chance again in the past few years, which I've, I've really loved. So, um, So, yeah, I think that's kind of why I lost my interest in in movie horror for a while. And, and, you know, it's a horror is a tough genre. Yeah, it really is. Like, you you need to be so good to make it good. And it's so easy to fall into tropes and it's so easy to um, copy someone else.
0: It's a balance. It's it's,
2: it's really. Yeah. So it's really hard. So, you know, um, I don't think I ever became. A, a true horror head because I think there is a lot of crap that you have to sift through when you're a horror fan in terms of, you know, finding something that really sticks out. And there's people that love that, you know, that, you know, will, will watch, you know, seven crappy movies in a row just because they they truly love the genre. But um, I feel like I love movies so much as a whole that I, I don't like to waste my time trying to sift to, to sift through nonsense. But I always have my kind of uh, eye on on what's going on to, to try and pick up on interesting horror stuff that that's going on. So,
0: yeah. And luckily now I think we're in a really great time for horror. I mean, there are some like, you know, you're Robert Eggers's, your Jordan peels. your you know, all sorts of people are really putting themselves out there and trying new shit. And especially, you know, you had mentioned a 24. They're yeah. really putting out some really cool stuff and they're unafraid to do it. I mean, Putting it out, you know, across theaters worldwide. Yeah,
2: to think, yeah, it's it's just it's still nuts to me that we have movies like Hereditary and Midsommar and yeah. and The Witch that are getting wide releases in like, you know, AMCs and Regals and stuff like that, which um which is a big deal.
1: Right. And are getting are finally getting some recognition that the horror genre I think has been trying to achieve and that they deserve because a lot of these movies are beautifully shot and have this cinematic element that is just unlike other genres that they just don't get recognized for because, and and maybe it's the fault of some time period of horror or or some specific movies, but um, horror is just so underappreciated or maybe just considered to be uh, like a joke or or something some some type of thing where the film community just doesn't recognize it as as it should be recognized that's
0: interesting I think we could probably do an entire episode one of these days on why horror maybe doesn't get the the I guess respect that it should from like the academy, mm-hmm. academy and like sometimes but uh, it's also hard to say because now I mean, the Lighthouse was nominated, I think, for cinematography. Yeah, and... we
2: have Get Out, you know, which which sure. which was crazy, you know, which is that's a really big deal. Um, mm-hmm. that a horror movie, yeah, and you know, I think people complain about how comedies don't get recognized at the Oscars. Just look at let we'll just look at horror movies, right. but I think the big thing, I think, is, you know, a good horror movie is challenging and disturbing and puts you in an uncomfortable place, and um, I don't think, you know, the Golden Globes and the Oscars, you know... Um, and when you're trying to appeal to a wide audience, you know that's yeah. not right. the best. It's not the best route to usually go.
0: Um, so I understand that. I know we just showed you a clip from The Good Place, and now we're going to show you. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah. Now we're going to show you um, a, a very disturbing scene from Hereditary. Right.
0: Yeah.
2: Exactly. Which Toni Collette? I don't know. She should have gotten an Oscar nomination for that. It's mm. ridiculous. Oh my god. She was um, yeah. But. Um, but it's but I think it's, you know, with with Get Out and all the good stuff that's, you know, I think that tide could be turning once again, mm-hmm. which is which is very exciting and only opens up the door for more um, really interesting filmmakers to, to come to the forefront. Yeah, sure. So Yeah, it's exciting. It's super exciting.
0: I do want to get back into the list just a little bit here. Yeah. We have a whole bunch of goodies to cover here yeah and
1: we'll do our our quick spoilers which will also be in the description of of the episode but we are going to spoil all of these movies so if you have not seen and some of them are from a long time ago so you deserve it to be spoiled yes but um (laughs) if, if you have not seen john carpenter's the thing texas chainsaw massacre the original or really any of the other ones because they they all go off of each other climax uh the witch videodrome or don't look now then you might want to turn off this episode now or if you want it to be spoiled for you here we go
2: i'm gonna try not to get too spoilery but uh but yeah it might it might come up (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: uh so spoiler alert everybody dies that's the end of the episode (laughs) (laughs) thank you for listening um (laughs) everybody dies always (laughs) yeah so yeah the witch alone there's just so much to talk about and if i could say something just kind of across the board for all of the films that you had sent me i think there's like an underlying theme of dread in a lot of these sure and it's it's more prominent than in others than some of the other ones on the list but especially in the witch i mean that is a dreadful experience the yes. um there's it's all... dread
1: and there's just overall discomfort like right. you're never you're never comfortable throughout any of these movies
0: it's shot totally in natural light and you can Over tell the edge, yeah. there's very little color happening when you think the witch what do you what do you think of
1: um
2: I think more than anything, especially on this list, is, is kind of definitely dread, but um, kind of the 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 losing of faith. I think more than anyone, uh, how how religion and faith plays plays into that, which mm-hmm. you know other f- horror movies have explored. But um, I just love um how the dread kind of comes from um this family feeling that they're being forsaken by God and their people and um, and the madness that comes from that. I think grief is a big driver in in horror movies that I like the um, kind of the physical manifestation of, of someone's grief or grappling with something. Um, We'll definitely get more into that with don't look now. Um, But um, so I, I, I love and I think a lot of movies have, have, have tackled that idea recently with Midsommar and Hereditary, just this idea of, of of loss and grief and and turning those feelings into into physical horror, which um, mm-hmm. is always just, you know, really palpable and disturbing. And, I, you know, I'm not a person of faith, but what this movie does with it is, you know, I don't know how you can't be impacted by that, yeah. especially with this family that is, you know, their whole lives... Kind of, you know, they're are a Puritan family, so their whole lives are about is about you know pleasing God and the fear of God um, and what happens. Very God fearing. Yeah. I
0: mean that's that's their whole family aura,
1: right? And just that somebody somebody must have done something to anger god to to make this horrible tragedy or series of tragedies happen upon their family
2: yes you know it's it's kind of the you we see the um you know satan stalking them and you know what can be scarier for a family that truly feels god to be in the presence Of Satan, you know, I think there's a lot of movies that Satan is present, you know, like a Rosemary's baby and things like that. But I don't think ever really dealt with with a family that is so God fearing in that way. So uh, to to see the clash of that and, you know, um, and it really does. It saves, you know, there's not a lot of really there's no real. Super monster moments until really the end or um, yeah, it's it's really, you know, the horror I think comes from seeing these people, you know, lose their mind over that. Uh, And and so and so yeah, it's just the the simplicity about it's not about jump scares. It's it's really about getting into the mindset. Uh, Of of these people and watching them, you know, kind of go mad in front of our eyes.
0: Absolutely. They do that very, very well. Just to touch back to a point that you had made earlier, between this and the movie Climax, which we'll talk about later, there's a sense of, you could call it isolation, because you, the audience, are forced to spend an hour and a half plus with just these people. It's sort of a slice of life type of thing. Well, and, and
1: the thing a little bit. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, true. The yeah. thing, absolutely. Isolation. I don't know. I it's it's just so it it really does a great job of getting under your skin and forcing you to understand these people as best you can and sympathize with them. Especially I'll say Ralph Innison, who is mm-hmm. William. I mean, his I think it just partially has to do with just his vocal quality oh yeah yeah so just as, he, yeah, just as his, his look you
2: know he just look oh. yeah and that's yeah and It's brilliantly cast they all look that they're they all look like they're truly in this period just their faces alone which is which is brilliant
1: sure just so rough sure, but and... his yeah his um right like his vocal quality just like the depth of of his natural speaking voice and the
0: delivery of that old english language mm-hmm. is yeah. just so guttural and like oh so yeah and
1: and really i mean i will i will admit this is not one of my favorite movies i have seen it um thank
0: you all for listening yeah. um this has been-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah so this is not one of my favorite movies um there are certain things that i really appreciate about the movie uh so the one thing is you see this family dynamic also and his unwillingness to like admit to his wife that he sold like the silver cup for for hunting supplies, you know, like that type of thing going back to this puritan family and it's it's just so interesting to me that as this head of household especially in this time period, he's still so afraid and willing to let somebody else take the blame for something like he he just has this sense of Mm, i don't know shame like maybe he's already let his family down so much because he wasn't able to protect them from certain things or that he doesn't want to take the blame for anything else and will only admit it in this this real like dire strait that they end up in
2: oh yeah oh yeah um i think yeah the, the film doesn't let them off the hook i think they're they're all at certain points uh immensely immensely frustrating and um at some points, it's hard to relate to, but there is something so frightening in, um, in seeing these people who are so tied to God that that's their life, that, you know, what happens when they lose that and the ramifications uh, of that, that, you know, even if I can't super relate to that on a personal level, you can mm-hmm. um, you can understand the the horror in that, and especially a time like that where there was nothing else. They, they're outside in a sure. heart with nothing but themselves. Yeah. So the, the, there's there's something just really um, that gets under your skin about that, at least for me. Um, even if it's uh, even if it's more difficult to relate with to relate to, and um, even if you're so frustrated with um, the characters and their decisions, much like The Crucible.
0: If I may, I do want to discuss another film. Let's go. If I can switch gears, Absolutely. that's called a segue, and it was done poorly. Uh, so everyone just I, I thought it was great. I thought it was oh, great. Thank
1: you. Ricky's segue was: We are done now. Let <laughs> us move on to the next
0: um, climax. So, oh all right.
1: yeah, we've got ah. we've got to talk about climax. I, all right. I, and-
0: that's probably why my segue was so garbage was because there's no way to segue into this sort of experience. And that's exactly but what it is. Say, it's an experience.
1: I will say something that why that was maybe a good time to segue. I don't want to necessarily call it a good segue, though. I love you. <laughs> but um, it was it was a good time to segue because my thoughts when we were talking about the witch was and I felt this way with the thing, too, is there's like almost nothing scarier than not being able to escape your fate, right? Like mm-hmm. not being able to escape the situation that you're in. And that's exactly the feeling that I got with the whole entire experience of climax.
0: We, I remember you posting, uh, um, this film, I think it was on Facebook. You, you would made yes. a post about it. This has been my, uh,
2: yeah, this has probably been my number one movie obsession of, of the quarantine. Um, yeah, so well, thank you for indulging me in watching that movie. Um, I think I'm so glad we did. I think it's probably the most divisive of the A24 movies, like in, in a whole <laughs> that I, you know, it's it's a it's a film that people I think really either love and can get on board with, or absolutely hate. Um, mm-hmm. And it's a it's a movie that I don't even know I could put in the category of horror, but I don't know what else I could put it into. So I I, I, sure. I, I, right. I feel like it, it it is a horror movie, but in a in a, in a completely different and unique it was way. just
1: it's just in the category of stress
0: yes <laughs> if, there, if
1: there's a stress film category that's what yeah, it is
0: this um uncut gems very stressful <laughs> so we should prob- I mean, we should probably do a a, a
2: short synopsis because sure. i don't think a lot of people have watched. so yeah it deals with uh, a group of uh, french dancers that are kind of holed up in this kind of rec center before they embark on a um a tour of America. It's their last night. The film opens with a bunch of interviews with the cast. The, uh, the whole cast is actual real dancers. There's only one kind of real actress in the bunch, Sophia Patella, who, um, funny enough, her biggest other role was in the, the, uh, terrible Tom Cruise remake of the mummy. She played the mummy <laughs> oh in that, which is inf- unfortunate. Cause she's incredible in this movie. I thought uh, she was great uh, yeah. in,
0: um, atomic blonde. Sorry to yes, get off yes, topic a little yes, bit, but...
2: she's, she's, yes, she's very good and very striking. um, So we we get interviews and we and uh, and then it kind of goes into this incredible 10 minute dance sequence with the the camera flying around and and then rehearsing this this group number that they're going to perform around America and the world. And then they and and after that, they kind of go into this party um, to celebrate them, them going away. And at this party, there's a big a punch bowl of sangria that everyone is drinking. And then we kind of see all of these, there's about 25 uh, people in the cast. And uh, we, we, we get a little bit of a segment of all of them interacting with each other. We get to see a little piece of every character and how they relate to each other. And then at a certain point, they realize that they have been drugged and it turns out that someone has dumped a whole bunch of LSD into the sangria and the rest of the movie is you just seeing them uh, much like the witch uh, uh, go insane with each other sure. and the ramifications of what happens with that. It's, uh, it's a, it's a beautiful comment on, you know, um, group think and what happens when a bunch of people collectively, lose their minds together and the ramifications of that. Um and it quickly just becomes us following uh all of these different characters through this kind of rec center that they're in, going nuts and all of the crazy things that happens to each other and what they do to each other. Um with some amazing camera work.
0: It's directed by Gaspar oh. Noe. Have you okay. seen
2: any other films by by Noe?
0: I have. I've seen um Eerie Vasab, I've seen um, Love. I've seen oh, a yeah, few. Love. Uh, what did you say? I like Love. <laughs>
1: no, no, no. I said, oh, yeah, Love. <laughs> oh, no. yes.
0: yes. Yeah, that's so, subtle
2: chestnut.
1: Very explicit.
2: So I can't, yeah, think of anyone who, any other filmmaker that is as decisive and kind of boundary-pushing. Um, I think most of his films are made solely to make the... Um, The audience, uncomfortable, irreversible is still probably the most disturbing film I've ever seen in terms of just how brutal and uncompromising the whole, the whole endeavor is. I think, funny enough, I think this film is probably his most accessible to, to people, which is saying... Which is
1: saying a yeah. lot. A, lo- a lot. Yeah.
2: I say
0: maybe him and Lars von Trier could be yeah. in similar camps. Mm-hmm. Um, just, just in in the sense that they are just so polarizing, and you either you're either on board with the movie or you're or you're not. You're totally off the boat.
1: <laughs> well, and I will say for anybody who wants to watch this movie just a a little warning to you if you have issues with like strobe lights or anything like that
0: it's a very sensory heavy or
1: or if you like find yourself getting dizzy with certain camera work or things like that i will say this is not the movie for you but it it i mean the the camera work of this film is absolutely stunning and so many of the shots were like uh one shot uh, yeah. so they were just very long like that whole dance sequence and then where you're getting the little slice of life um uh, on the dance floor with everyone before they they go into their own little segments because then it is a lot of like cutouts but um that whole thing is th- just a super long shot and it's just unbelievable i mean the i don't know how many times they had to film that but it was just gorgeous i mean you you genuinely felt uncomfortable because you were felt like you were kind of in the room with them because you were it was just like you were walking around and talking to these people
0: it's like you have a sense of guilt because the movie is so good at um building relationship whether you know it or not the, i mean i think they play a good trick on you that way oh, Just yeah. through the dance and then through the little um asides with each other the kind of pairs that we get to see mm-hmm. you, sure. you build you you start to care about these people and then all of a sudden when things go awry you're you're f- a fly on the wall, witnessing all of like, this terror. You're like, I should call terror. somebody. Yeah,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but yeah, no, it
2: does an incredible job of establishing 25 characters in such sure. a short amount of time, and even the relationships I mean, between them. So it gives you all of that, and then you know, we we see them go crazy, and yeah, that the camera always in motion. I love that we'll get you get these long tracking shots following someone and then it picks up on someone else and we follow kind of their journey and what's happening and there's a poor a poor child that is stuck Uh, in the mix Um, yeah there's
1: there's a lot of upsetting i mean between um and again like these are some some major spoilers that i'm about to drop but i i can't not say them between like the, the brother and sister duo, mm-hmm. which was uncomfortable straight from the beginning in the yes. interview together, um, and the, the poor child um, who ends up drinking some of the punch, and then um, the, the pregnant woman. It's, yeah, there's, there's just a lot of, well, it, it basically takes like all of, all of the things that you want to protect mm-hmm. and ruins them. Like you want to protect a child, you want to protect a pregnant woman, you want to protect like your siblings or you want to believe that siblings protect each other. And then it takes these and it's like, nope, here we go. Going to shit on all of that.
2: Yeah. And it's just <laughs> such a perfect allegory for, you know, um, you know, society kind of losing its mind. And, and, you know, what we're seeing in our country right now is that, you know, we see all of these, what you know, nice, rational people. And what happens when this madness sets in and how quickly they turn on each other and what they mm-hmm. do to each other. And um, I think that's what really sticks with me in the film is this idea of, of groupthink and, um, and and the drugs do not bring them together. The drugs tear them apart and um, and how everyone's insecurities and, and gripes mm-hmm. with one another get magnified to a kind of deadly extent um which is yeah. which is really which is really frightening and i think um you know there, there there's so many parallels you can draw with what happens in that film as i said with what's going on and what's happened in in history um and i think that's what kind of frightens me the most about it it's not about a monster or anything supernatural right um, it's yeah. just about um what people can do to each other when um when they when they lose their inhibitions, that's sure, um, yeah. That's just kind of palpably terrifying.
1: And you, and you think about um, it, what was so interesting to me about that movie? Um, Ricky actually got a phone call at some point in in the middle of it, and we paused it for just a second. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, we're more than halfway through," <laughs> and I don't really know if the story has really progressed at all, but but it had. It just maybe didn't feel like it we just got to this point but the the thing that I found most interesting about that movie is that everybody was fine and having a great time until one person said we've been drugged and then everyone was like oh now we've been feeling weird and now we like it, it was just so funny and like you think like you've been saying with the group think um it how quickly somebody's mind can change once something is brought to their attention whether truthful or not i mean of course it was like they were really all drugged and you know you saw the girl but it and then they're all just choosing okay who has not drank anything who did this to us oh yeah um and and finding like the perpetrator in all of this and just the mob mentality Mm -hmm. of now this is our sole purpose. Like we were all having a great time, but now because we're on this drug and we're losing all of our inhibitions, we're just completely ignoring how good we were feeling. And now everything is bad because it was brought to our attention. And
2: yeah. and I, I Yeah. And I just love how it eschews plot. It's not really focused on plot. It's focused about sure. putting us in real time with these people. So that Mm -hmm. kind of whole 20 minute stretch where they're all realizing that they've been drugged and feel funny and feel wrong, um, is, you know, is, is, is incredible to witness. That's that that slow ratcheting up into that, that madness, which is just so, so fascinating and and how it affects them all differently. But, um, at the same time, there's no relief, None.
1: there's no relief.
0: They try. They try to get a hold of some coke to, like, I guess, balance out the, the experience. Effect. Um, And of course, the, the one woman who says that she has the coke says she doesn't. And then we find her doing the coke. And um, of course,
2: the one person who didn't take it, you know, who could have helped them, they, they blame and, and throw him yeah. out into the snow to die. So, yeah. um, God. So, so, so yeah. So, you know, I think once that happened, it's like, okay, all, all hope is lost and, you know, and <laughs> yeah, you, it's a lost yeah. cause. Yeah. And if you're going, if you know, Gaspar Noe, you, you know, you're probably going into a, a film with, with no hope, but, um, Sure. but, um, yeah. what he does with it is, is, is so great. And, um, as I said, it's a, it's a hard one to, to just recommend to, um, you know, someone off the street cause it is punishing. <laughs> but I think, uh, anyone, yeah. anyone who is into horror, um, it just kind of, it, it kind of stands on its own as something that I've never seen that, um, that made me at once terrified, but really excited just as a, as a moviegoer. So, um, you know, that's the one I've been pushing to all of my, you know, film-loving friends.
0: I um, It's an experience that I do agree. I, I think people really should um, should give it a shot if they feel so comfortable and inclined to do so. Um, it's going to make you uncomfortable, so just be ready for that. But it's, it's just so well done, well put together. I want to give a few shout-outs to the sound design the lighting design um just just in in creating the this oh and the set design for sure but in in just to create that world it's so clear and you feel like you're there the dance holy shit so great incredible it's so it's so rare that I, i can't think of another movie that that uses dance as a tool for their story yes and and
1: very relatable in
0: this in this fashion i guess and
1: very relatable especially to you know those of us who have been through a rehearsal process and like i mean i at the end of their their choreographed dance because of course they continue dancing afterwards but at the end of um the choreography i was like oh my god that was so long I'm exhausted. Like I can't imagine rehearsing that all the way through and then having someone be like, okay, that was a good rehearsal. Like I was like, that had to be the real thing because I can't imagine doing that again. So it was just, yeah.
2: And and it's just how it uses that initial dance um, in a way that's so joyful, you know? Um, Yes. It's so static and beautiful and wonderful. And then how we see the dancing morph to the end of the movie and 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 the um the terror in it and the yeah. and and the and how grotesque it becomes is um oh. it's beautiful how they do that how how they use the medium of dance to um to to show the, their mindsets is is just amazing and yeah and we we mentioned her but um I think Sofia Patel is incredible in this movie They're just that that um that whole like seven minute take where they're just following her going absolutely insane is just, mm. it's just wild. Can you imagine like shooting that, having to do that a few times? Like it's crazy. It's crazy. So shout out to her. But, yeah. For uh, a whole yeah. cast full of um, uh, non actors, they do a, a pretty incredible
0: job. So absolutely. Yeah. That was,
1: that's phenomenal. I did not know that. I didn't mm. know that none of them were actors. But I mean, I, I knew that they had to be dancers. Yes. But I didn't know yeah. that they were not also actors.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, they phenomenal. could have fooled me for sure. I think they... They
1: did a great job. But
0: again, it, it, it attributes back to that... Um, the way that they use dance as a means to tell their their story. Sure. Um, it was just so well done. I, I can't wait to watch it again. Um, I Now that I know what I'm in for. Yeah.
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, I definitely think it is a film that you have to watch twice because... Y- the second time you're just not wondering what's going to happen and you can pay attention to the other things
2: yeah oh yeah
0: thank you for listening to the first half of our episode with adam yellen please join us for the second where we discuss the remaining films